Well, hey, everybody, Dave DeBow back at you with another episode. And today, zooming in all the way from beautiful and apparently sunny Indianapolis, Indiana, we've got Mr. Derek Bailey. Derek is a real estate investor. He's a realtor. He's a former genius. And we'll talk a little bit about that as well. I've never been close to being called a genius. So former, current, future, it's all good to be there, Derek. And he's doing <laughs> cool things with small multifamily properties. I think you're going to be very interested in finding out about Derek's unique twist on this. So welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Thanks so much, Dave. I'm really excited to be here. And yeah, this is awesome. All right, brother. So, hey, tell us a little bit about your your backstory and how you got into this wild and wonky world of real estate investing. Yeah, so um, I actually kind of got into it very naturally thanks to my parents. Um, they've flipped, I don't know, probably 15 to 20 single family homes. Wow. Uh, when um, you're growing up or? Correct. Yep. So probably from the time I was in middle school till recently, uh, you know, like one a year, they weren't, they weren't intense, but they did use private money. And, uh, you know, I really got introduced to this idea that we could take something and make it better, you know, add value and actually make some money off that. Literally one time we moved down the street because my parents could make 10 grand on the house that we were in. <laughs> so you, you probably grew up looking for deals and swinging hammers and sweeping out work sites and all that kind of stuff. Would that be fair to say? Absolutely. Yes. I got exposed very, very early. I remember like, yep. Helping clean up, helping stage and like seeing that, you know, the last minute grease that, that really makes or breaks a deal. All right. Well, that is a great, great way to get into real estate investing is watching mom and dad doing it and helping out hands on. So, okay. So you kind of grew up around that. When did you start doing your, your first deals and, and how did that come about? Yeah, absolutely. So I got licensed as a realtor six years ago, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of really got to understand my market, make sure I understood my numbers. Finally, just two years ago is when my wife and I did our first single family flip. Very nice. All right. So I teased people with the fact that you're a former genius. You see, it still seem like you're a hell of a smart guy there, Derek, but what, what does that mean? What were you, where did you become this genius? Yeah, absolutely. So Apple genius, uh, because it's the genius bar, it's where you get the best support from nerds like myself, <laughs> uh, you know, certified Macintosh technician. If you had an iPhone, you had an iMac, you had a MacBook pro, you just walk into the store preferably with an appointment and say, Hey, I need some help. And, uh, we were the guys that just like explained it, made it really easy for you. Or if it literally needed fixed, uh, we did that too. Oh, very cool. So did you do that for quite some time? Yeah, I was at the retail store for four and a half years, and then I did it over the phones for two years before that. And what, if any, of those skills have you found to be transferable to real estate investing besides fixing your Mac when it breaks down? Absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, first and foremost, I just got exposed to so many different people at the store. Yeah. Um, I looked back and I you know, what's really cool is that the genius bar with appointments and stuff. So we actually literally kept track of people we got to help. Okay. I think in my time, I helped almost 15,000 people. Wow. Wow. So you got very good at dealing with different personalities. If you're on the phone with phone support, you probably had to deal with some irate people from time oh, yeah. to time, potentially. <laughs> 
yeah, not not much fun in in those situations, but definitely a good experience carrying over to real estate investing. All right, so you and your wife have been doing a few flips over the. You start out doing a, a couple of flips. What are you focusing on now? Yeah, so uh, probably the reason you brought me on, as far as I'm aware, I'm one of the very few that are doing uh, this really weird, you know, Burr principle to small multifamily. Um, so specifically. And we just kind of jumped all in. <laughs> Last March, we bought four at the same time. Wow. Uh, for, for what? What kind of properties? Yeah. They were all duplexes when I bought them. Uh, one of them, we just did a really minor fix up. I already had tenants in there, flipped it real fast. The next two, we turned into quads. And then the biggest one is over 3,000 square feet. We turned into a seven unit. Wow. 3,000 square feet. Well, that's some pretty small units. <laughs> yes, they are. Into- yeah, they're about four, 450. Yep. <laughs> okay, very cool. So you're you're doing small multifamily burrs. Yeah, not a lot of people are doing that. However, quite a few folks are. I think what's unique about what you do is it sounds like you kind of got out of the flipping business and you're holding on to these long-term. Is that correct? And then correct. also yeah. your, your tenant mix it might be a little bit different than than what's normally seen. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So we are exclusively um, a combination of Section 8 and VA um, tenants or residents. Um, not So all of them, at least their first couple months are subsidized. Some of the vets do end up taking over and paying for themselves, just depending on their situation. Uh, but yeah, it's a hundred percent government placed um, tenants, and yeah, we literally, especially the seven unit, we're like literally saving people from the street. Wow! All right, well, that is very admirable, but I would imagine it comes with some challenges as well. So, you know, what what are some of the pros and cons to doing deals this way? Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, the, the pro is, um, like you mentioned, the small unit sized. Honestly, when I first started doing this route, I wasn't sure if I was going to feel comfortable with mm-hmm. them being so small. Uh, but I really worked with my contractors on our layout to make sure that it actually felt like a livable space. And I've gotten tons of feedback now at this point, both from our tenants and from the government agencies that help me place. And they all say, that they would they work fine and everyone's happy. So, um, but doing this kind of program, they let me do smaller spaces. Mm. Uh, you know, they're only one bed, one bath, and uh, yeah, when they're subsidized, it's it's guaranteed income, mm-hmm. um, and probably over market for a one one in in these areas. Okay, uh, the con would be uh, they need a lot of help. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, they're definitely a lot of them have, you know, little to no employment. Uh, like I said, literally, I've had guys come in like off the street and uh, yeah, they just need a lot of hand holding, a lot more checkup than the normal tenant. You know, we're we have eyes on the property multiple times every week. I would imagine because I would I would think that some of these folks have drug and alcohol issues, uh, mental health issues. If you're working with vets, perhaps PTSD type stuff going on as well. So yeah. there's there's a lot. So I, I, are there government supports? Are there you know social workers coming in and helping out as well? 
Absolutely. So that's what I love about the subsidized program is I've gotten to know many of their caseworkers, many of the social workers who, you know, I can just text them now and be like, hey, I got a vacancy. You know, who do you, you know, who do you need to place? And then I know as soon as that happens, I get to follow up with them. And they're like the first line of defense as well. So like many of like the calls that shouldn't really have gone to a property manager, I now know like they're going to call their caseworker. Then the caseworker will tell me if it actually is something we need to follow up on. Okay. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, wanted to ask you about, you know, my mind pessimistically rushes to worst case scenarios. So what happens if somebody just flips right out and trashes one of your places? I mean, you say that you kind of have to be checking up on these, on the places multiple times a month. Yep. Have you had any situations where somebody's just wrecked a place on you? And then what happens there? So thankfully, I mean, I'm still very early on, you know, mm-hmm. only 17 total units. Um, I have not yet experienced that. Um, the only negative experiences I've had so far is uh, I had two guys that just left, like before their lease was up, they didn't give notice and they just left. Mid- but, midnight Midnight uh, moves. Midnight moves. You got it. And like, especially one of them was a vet that like, the reason I like the vets together is they tend to talk to each other. Mm. Um, You know, I had, you know, four, a four unit and all of them were vets. And one of the other guys is the one who told me, he's like, he just called me. He's in California. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, when it's the government (laughs) subsidizing this, are the, are you getting a, a damage deposit type thing, or is it just, you know, is there some sort of an agreement that if, if one of the tenants wrecks the place, the government is responsible for compensating you getting that fixed up? How does that part work? Yeah. So it depends, uh, you know, a couple of different programs, but with the VA one, um, I do still get a security deposit. And then in the case of the guy who fled to California, I got to keep his deposit because his lease yeah. wasn't up. And then we actually had a new tenant placed in like 10 days and I got a new security deposit for that guy. And I mean, literally like, um, you know, it took me like 300 bucks to clean up. So it was, it was nothing. Yeah. And then, um, but with section eight, yeah, they're, they do go so far as to say, if something were trash, they'll pay for repairs in addition to the deposit, depending, um, you know, on the severity of course, but uh, again, the guy that just left on that one, he actually cleaned up pretty well. So <laughs> well, there you go. Okay. So you mentioned earlier on that, that you have to do a lot of hand holding, that you have to check up on the place multiple times a month. What does that typically look like? What are, what are the issues that you're having to deal with and the challenges that you're facing with that? You know, surprisingly, nothing crazy yet, Dave. Like I'm really waiting for like the bottom to fall out. Um, and everyone, you know, like I've heard these section eight horror stories, but like, I don't know. I just like caring for people. And I feel like they know that I, you know, care, like I want to provide a house for them. And so it literally, mostly it's just me knocking on the door and just saying, you know, Hey, just checking in. How's everything going? What do you need? Um, you know, we've had a few minor plumbing problems, but beyond that, like nothing crazy has really happened. Oh, I take that back. I've had one, one time, Dave. 
All right. I did have one of the vets. Um, he had a visitor over who was experiencing a mental health crisis, and they did try to rip apart the electric panel. Um, but all they managed to do was get the cover off, and then uh, that was like a hundred dollar fix. So <laughs> not too bad. Not too bad. Not yeah. Too bad. So so far so good. Things are things are chugging along nicely. So you bought four of these things all in one fell swoop, Derek. Uh, does Apple pay really, really well? Or if you don't mind me asking you, how, how, did, how did you finance those? How did you come up with the capital for that? Yeah. Had I bought stock 20 years ago, I probably could have <laughs> just done with Apple. But uh, no, my wife and I are, are privileged enough to have uh, a ton of equity in our home nice. that she bought when it was way cheap. Um, and so we tapped our HELOC. And then I used um, a lot of hard money as well. All right. Very good. And you said you flipped one of those deals. That, that means you've kept three and flipped one. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. And where do you see things going over the next year or two? What are your plans and aspirations? Yeah. Um, so the biggest thing now that I have, you know, I was kind of treating these four deals as like proof of concept. Yeah. But sure. now I know that the cash flow is there. And mm -hmm. I have, you know, I've done things to like eliminate problems. Uh, you know, one other problem, I guess, you know, was key callouts, you know, like, hey, I lost my key. Mm -hmm. So we've just moved to smart locks on every door and now we don't smart. have that problem. Yeah. Right. That's all sad. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, we're really just looking to scale. I'm going to look at another duplex tomorrow. Um, I'm hoping to add, you know, at least 10 more in the next year that we're going to probably convert, you know, most to quads. And then, um, I'm also looking at a single family portfolio that we're hoping to kind of do the same thing where we can just buy them very, very cheap, fix them up and put vets or section eight in there. Very yep. cool. So yeah, I love that Derek, that you've kind of found this niche. Did you stumble upon that or was this a planned thing or how did that all come about? Yeah, definitely was not the original plan. Um, you what know, what was the original plan? Yeah, just single family flips because that's what my parents did. So I understood yeah. how to do it. Right. Um, but honestly, I was looking on the MLS one day and I saw this deal that had been on there for a minute and I was looking at the rental numbers and I was like, what in the world? Like, how's this piece of crap house, right? <laughs> um, generating so much cash flow. And it was basically, um, you know, a duplex that they turned into a quad, uh, not as nicely as I've done, to be honest, but yeah. it was still cash flowing. And I, you know, so I just followed up with the listing agent because she was in my brokerage at the time. And I was like, is this for real? You know, what the heck's going on? She's like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's vets in there. And uh, here's the PM's contact info. So I immediately hit up that woman um, who became my GC and has helped me place all these people. And, you know, I just walked through some properties with her and I was like, talk to me about what we're doing here. And we made it happen. Nice. Very, very cool. No, I love that. Um, I was interviewing somebody uh, a while ago who's doing something kind of similar. I don't think he's doing the full on burrs, but his whole business model is creating group homes. Mm. So not so yep. much the individual units, but a whole bunch of people 
with certain challenges uh, or a certain situation. Like I think he's got one that's vets, but he's got others that are people with addiction problems or this or that or anything. So he's, he's doing something kind of along those lines, but I love the fact that, that you've really dialed this in and you're, you're planning on kind of cookie cuttering the thing. So finding these duplexes, turning them into quads and just kind of rinsing and repeating uh, or quads or seven units or what, however many units. If I can, if I can find fit. it. Yeah. yeah. That. So what's the typical price point on these kind of properties right now? And how much capital do you need to raise to do one of these deals and do, do the rehabs? Yeah, dude, my numbers are so tiny. It's ridiculous. Okay. So on my average purchase so far has been under a hundred. Wow. And my rehab on the quad conversions has only been like 35, 40. That's amazing. It's ridiculous. Is that because you got you just dialed in with the right connections due to your your flipping background? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've really messed around with a bunch of different contractors over the years. And this GC in particular, um, other than like plumbers and electricians, uh, everyone else she's got on like day rates. And I'm just like, it's insanely low, but mm-hmm. you know, we just check up on them enough and and they get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're obviously checking a lot. I'm making sure it's done right. I've had to yeah, do. Yeah, but I couple, mean, you're you're not doing these renovations. Stuff. You're not bringing them up to you know, super duper standards for for selling the property. You're bringing them up to good, solid, small, but very livable type spaces, practical spaces versus the big aesthetics, right? Correct. Yeah. We're trying to look like, you know, a B minus asset, not a, not an A class. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So moving ahead, what are your plans for, for um, getting the capital to do these deals? Are you going to kind of keep tapping into your home equity or equity out of these properties to buy more? What are you looking at doing moving ahead? Uh, Yeah. So we're about to refinance um, two of them, which will free up a lot of capital. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked on my credit a lot over the years, so we got access to some business credit cards as well. Um, but then, yeah, once I scale, that's still, I can only do like four at a time with yeah. that. Um, I have the opportunity to potentially purchase 40 at a very, very affordable rate. So that, that's um, the where you're talking about buying somebody's portfolio. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Are all of those duplexes that the guy has or the gal has? The, uh, the 40, I think, are single family, but they're close enough together that I can kind of treat it like the same idea. Uh, okay. So it's kind of yeah. all in a few different areas of town kind of thing. They're correct. Really concentrated. Yeah. Very cool. And so to get to that level, I'm definitely going to need to raise some private money. That makes and that's sense. probably you- something that you can refer me to. <laughs> well, we've helped a few people with that kind of stuff. Yeah, no. What what I love about your story, Derek, is that uh, you, you've put your own skin in the game to create this proof of concept. You've been self-managing. You've got, you've got deals and you've got experience and you've got time under your belt now. So you've got something that you can show people and, and say, hey, Here's what we're doing. Here's exactly how it works. And we're going to do a whole bunch more of these. Would you like to come along for the ride? However that looks, however you're going to be structuring that. That is so much easier to do than somebody that's just trying to 
break into that and raise capital right out of the get-go without that kind of experience. So you are perfectly positioned right now to start generating interest from potential private lenders to to join forces with you. Most definitely. No, you got that. You, you, you've got the right time and circumstances for doing exactly that. No, that's cool. All right. So I know that you're, you're in the realtor business as well. Has that kind of taken a, a backseat these days to what you're doing here, or are you still doing both full on? I'm still doing both full on. Um, uh-huh. I definitely am more addicted to the investing side because I'm seeing, you know, my money per deal is just like, holy crap, why would I show buyers around when I can just buy another investment property? <laughs> buy the darn things myself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I do really love listing still and helping people sell their home. Um, and, you know, the the right uh, buyers too, if, uh, you know, they really buy into me where I'm just like, we're going to find out exactly what you want. And then we're only going to go see five homes and then we're going to buy one. Like I take those kind of clients every day. Yeah, for sure. No, that makes sense. And how long have you been in the in the realtor business for? Yep. So next month will be six years. Nice, 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 nice. So when you are ready to start looking at bringing on private lenders, private capital, Derek, you've already got an amazing pool of prospective investors in those past and current clients, right? In addition yeah. to your existing network of friends and family and all that kind of stuff. Um, what What's your best guess on how many transactions you've done over the last six years? Uh, about a 150. So about 150. That's great. So if you go and, and you're, I was listening that the market's done pretty well around Indianapolis, at least your personal residence has gone up in value significantly. Is that correct? You got it. Yeah. My wife bought at the end of 15 and we've doubled. So all of those people you sold houses to at the beginning of your of your real estate career, chances are a good number of them have some serious equity as well. That's very true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> great stuff. Awesome, Derek. Um, yeah. And, and if people want to find out more about you or connect with you, what should they do? What's the number one best place they can go? Yeah, um, best place. So my new uh, realtor website launches later this week. It's literally just baileyhomesgroup.com. Or you can just search, you know, Derek Bailey Realtor online. I have Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all that jazz. Sounds good. Well, hey, this has been a lot of fun. Keep up the good work. Thanks so much for having me, Dave. My pleasure. All right, everybody, take care. We'll see you on the next episode.